Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, presented by Santa. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care providers of your Charlotte Hornets. Rob Longo with you today after Charlotte's 137-106 loss in the desert to the Phoenix Suns last night. Yes, it is sadly another Silver Linings edition of the HHC. We'll provide you with a recap of this one, hand out our Silver Linings, plus it's a game day edition of the Hornets Hivecast as Charlotte continues its Western conference road trip tonight in salt lake city to take on the utah jazz helping me with all these topics is once again the lead writer of hornets.com sam Perley. sam thank you once again for joining me on today's edition of the hhc although we might have to throw you off here pretty soon if losses are the results for every postgame podcast that you're scheduled on yeah i know well, once again thank you for having me it is silver linings unfortunately not gold star but yeah i don't know i think i'm on kind of a bad run here with the uh the losses here it might just be these late games everyone knows i'm gonna stay up for them and always watch and have a lot to say so maybe that's part of it we just get, get back to the east coast and get some more games on a normal time for sure but yes thank you for having me a lot to dissect in this one well as they say with a shooter that is in a slump you just got to keep shooting so we'll keep you scheduled on here for the meantime but let's go ahead and take a look at this one as the hornets got off to another cold start charlotte was just 111 from beyond the arc in the first quarter as the suns raced out to a 37 15 lead those 15 points by the way were tied for a season low in a quarter for the hornets the offense got better in the second quarter but the defense remained the same as both teams scored 32 points in the second stanza. The one bright spot though was Miles Bridges who had 13 points in the first half. Ball run off the line. He'll charge inside. Kick out. Bridges wide open look. 4-3. Yes. Miles Bridges knocks down another Lowe's drilling three-point shot. He is the first Hornets into double figures, has 11. The third quarter wasn't much better as the Suns ripped off a 13-5 run to start the second half, and the shooting woes continued for Buzz City, who was 4 of 30 from 3 at one point in the third quarter. Charlotte trailed by 28 going into the fourth frame, and James Borrego emptied the bench with about 8.5 minutes remaining as Charlotte suffered its worst loss of the season, 137-106, falling to 500 on the campaign at 16-16. and And here's what Miles Bridges had to say about last night's game and that slow start. We were getting good shots in the first quarter, man, but we're just missing. We're missing shots and we let our offense dictate our defense. So that's something that we just got to get better at. We just got to get better at that because that's losing us games, you know, letting our, our offense dictate our defense. We still got to come in, whether we're missing shots, making shots, we still got to come in and guard people or it's going to be a long night every game. Sam, it was another night and another slow start for the Hornets, but in the past, we've seen Charlotte turn it on in the second half. However, last night was not one of those instances where Buzz City shot its worst field goal and three-point percentages of the season. Yeah, it circles back with a lot of similar vibes to the Portland game on Friday. Just kind of a slow start. You righted yourself a little bit in the second half, but I mean, a lot of that just comes down to Phoenix is this really, really good team. I think coming into the game, they had won 22 of 24 games. They've won, I think, 14 straight at home. They were obviously in the NBA Finals last year, and they're proving that that was not a fluke. They're going to be right back there in the competition in the, at the top of the West. To I think they might not have the best record in the league at this point. They're going to be right back there kind of competing to get back to that Finals last year. So yeah, slow start, and, and again, it's just 
you know, it's a combination of maybe some, you know, it, it seemed like they were just kind of missing a lot of makeable shots on offense, and it, it kind of sustained it for a little bit, and then all of a sudden it just kind of trickles over to the defense at some point, and it just, the team like Phoenix at the bottom just kind of falls out a little bit, and it, it's hard to get back. I think Phoenix had a season high for points, season high for three-pointers, and they had a season high for points in a quarter with 39 in the third, so not a whole lot good, I guess, for the Hornets defensively in this one. Offensively, they just had their challenge and just never got anything going, and just kind of trickled into to both sides so you know you just take what you can out of this and you try and move on to the next nine players were in double figures for phoenix last night as the suns improved to 24 and 5 on a regular season slow starts have been definitely an issue and a point of emphasis the last couple of games now for the hornets here's what james borrego had to say after last night's game about what needs to change you know at some level there's got to be action behind it we've talked enough about this start there's no more talking here it's about action you know, so either I got to do something, you know, lineup wise, or they're going to have to figure that out and, and to create uh, a better response in the first quarter. And we know it, you know, we know it. it's just about action, period. Enough talking about it. We got to have some action behind it. Sam, those are, I thought were some really interesting comments from James Borrego because there was a little bit of sternness in his voice and it doesn't really seem like he's like that a whole lot. He's a very big players coach for sure. But the thing here is, I mean, how do you fix these slow starts? Because, I mean, if I knew the answer, I obviously would not be sitting here doing a podcast. I might be in a different wing of the building here at Spectrum Center. But, you know, with that said, what does need to change with the Hornets moving forward? Is it really a lineup change? Because I don't think that would be the answer right now. No, not necessarily. I think it's. I think you just hit the nail on the head. I don't think there's an, an answer for it. You just have to play better. You have to start better. You got to have a lot more urgency. I think maybe you know, like you said, if it was you know something you just flicked the switch, then it would have already been done. But you know, I think maybe earlier in the season it felt like the starts were an issue, and then they went through a stretch where they weren't really an issue. They were kind of starting really well and sustaining really high-level defense through the whole game and then kind of get back onto this road trip. And I don't know if it's the lineup changes, kind of the guys in and out because of health and safety protocols and the roles and things like that, and obviously playing on the road against really good teams. But, yeah, it's kind of circled back to an issue that was an issue at the beginning of the year. And I think a lot of it is you just have to play better. You have to have more urgency. And you, I think the Hornets' offense has been so good at times that – Maybe there's a sense of security of, hey, if we fall down by 15 or 20, we're capable of roaring back and you know, scoring 40, 45 points in a quarter. And, you know, you can do that every once in a while in the NBA you know, if things happen, but that's not a recipe for success. It's not a sustainable recipe for winning in the NBA, falling behind by 15 or 20 points and then roaring back at the end like you almost saw in that Portland game where you've seen a few times this year. A season opener against Indiana is a great example. So I think a lot of it just you just have to play better. I know it sounds simple, and I hope it's, you know, I know it sounds like kind of straightforward, but I think you, you just have to you have to figure it out. You have to find a way to start games with the same sort of energy that you're having in the second, third, and fourth quarters. When it's all said and done, the Hornets fall 137 to 106 on the road in Phoenix as Miles Bridges goes for what ends up being a game high 26 points, which I thought was kind of odd. But Phoenix was just spreading the ball out so well that the leading scorer was Javale McGee coming off the bench with 19 points of his own. Other than that, the starters really didn't get a whole lot done for the Hornets. Lamella Ball had nine points. 10 rebounds and 7 assists, but he was just 2 of 12 from the field as the shooting woes were up and down the lineup. Terry Rozier also 2 of 10 from the field as well as the Hornets now fall to 16 and 16 here on regular season. With that said, we will hand out our silver linings next right here on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. 
I'm not anti-aging. I'm pro-looking my best. Getting cosmetic surgery at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates has me looking young again and filled with the confidence I need to take on the day. From Botox to rhinoplasty to facelifts, Senta offers facial plastic surgery from specially trained eye and ENT doctors who are familiar with how all parts of the face work. Feel like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Rob Longo and Sam Perley with you here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat associates of the Charlotte Hornets. Sam, as the guest of honor, as always, I will allow you to go first with our silver linings. Well, thank you. That's very gracious of you. My silver lining is a little bit uncustomary. When you look at this box score, not a whole lot of good to pull out of it necessarily. I think you kind of look at the score and it's a 31-point loss. But I think something the Hornets have like kind of steadily done a really good job of this season. And I think sometimes it goes a little bit unnoticed with the pace they play. Is their turnover rate is still really, really good. I mean, they're one of the top teams in the league in turnover percentage, which is really good considering how fast they play and how many possessions they have, especially how much they're moving the ball on offense you know only nine turnovers leading to 13 points for phoenix so at least in that category you weren't necessarily beating yourself they finished with 26 assists on 36 field goals so just about you know over 70 percent or so i think on the on the conversion rate there so they're still doing kind of their identity in terms of the offensive side you know not turning the ball over moving the ball they were getting good shots last night they just a lot of them just weren't falling and like i said earlier i think the bottom just kind of fell out at some point with you know, maybe some frustrations with that. But, you know, just kind of the little things around the margin that still think they're doing a good job, at least in a, in a few categories they've really been at least consistent on throughout the season. Well, with that said, if you're going to leave them available, I'm going to go with the one and only Miles Bridges. Smith throws a lot. Miles Bridges receives and throws down the right-handed dunk. My goodness. Oohs and ahs emanating from the crowd. One of the splashier dunks of the season. This game kind of reminded me of last year a little bit in a sense, Sam, just where Miles Bridges has a really big game and it's just simply not enough to get the job done. We saw Miles have some pretty big scoring outbursts and some losses last season late coming down the stretch where Gordon Hayward was out for the remaining of the season. LaMelo Ball was not available due to his wrist injury. Miles Bridges has the ability to take over games and that is something that we saw at the beginning of last year. So, between what we saw last season and what we saw from Miles at the beginning of this season, it's really no surprise that he's able to pick up the scoring slack when the rest of the team has gone cold. Yeah, no, I thought he was really good. And I think if, you know, maybe under more normal circumstances, he only played 32 minutes, I think, you know, that was actually kind of a lot for this game in particular and at least kind of kept them afloat a little bit in that second half or at least in that second quarter, second half a little bit. And then I'm not sure he even played the fourth quarter, but yeah, he's really good. He's starting to come on a little bit more. You know, he's been going through waves where I think he, he's putting up a lot of points and maybe the efficiency is not there. And if the points drop a little bit, he's still contributing on the rebounding front. Playmaking has been really good. I think he had the, you know, he had the 11 assists in Portland, which is a career high defense. You know, he's making plays defensively. Had a couple steals last night. So overall, pretty nice performance for Miles Bridges. I know again, it comes in the always unwelcome silver lining context. But you know, that hot start to the season, he's finding ways to kind of sustain it now into game. You know, past you know, well over a third of the season now. So good performance for Miles. Hopefully, he can kind of get some momentum going, and then the rest of the starters can kind of bounce back with some more customary performances like we used to seeing from them. I would say average 
three-point shooter last night, two of six, you know, around 33%. Field goals were great, 10 of 16 from the floor in general, so really good night from Miles Bridges. The other silver lining I'm going to look at real quickly here is the free throw shooting. The Hornets have not gotten to the line a ton this season, but they got to the line a lot last night, kind of kept them in the game in the first half a little bit, 15 to 16 from the charity stripe through the first 24 minutes of play, finished 24-28. Again, they have not been the greatest free throw shooting team this season, so I would say the free throw shooting in general from last night's game was a silver lining because, well, when the three-point shooting isn't falling and you're not having a good night from the floor, get aggressive, drive to the lane, get a couple of foul calls, and get the ball in the bucket while the clock is not moving. My other silver lining is going to be Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre did not have the best of games last night. He did have 18 points. He was only 6 of 15 shooting, but after the game, he talked about what this team needs to do a little differently, and I thought this quote from Kelly Oubre was really interesting. But at the end of the day, I think it goes to this, man. We like each other so much too that sometimes we don't want to like get on our brother when he's down or he makes a mistake because you know when you make a mistake you get down on yourself as a player or as a person you know so so we just got to figure it out we got to just put our egos and our pride aside not saying that we do have that but we just have to just go for it man because we have to hold each other accountable to be the best we can be. Sam I thought that was really interesting like I mentioned just from the sole fact that Kelly Oubre is I guess you can maybe call him a veteran in a sense at this point in his career I mean he's still on the younger side but he's been very well traveled with several different teams that he's played for but with that said he's just that kind of calming presence in the locker room so I thought that quote right there spoke volumes to what the Hornets kind of need in the locker room right now where things aren't growing the greatest. Yeah absolutely and I think it's it's been kind of you know, a wild few weeks, not just for the Hornets, but for the whole NBA. There's so much going on right now with the health and safety protocols, and a lot of it is just you're just kind of trying to weather things and you guys going in and out of lineups. And unfortunately, yeah, we had to mention as well. I don't think we did yet, but Cody Martin was did not play last night because he was put in health and safety protocols. He's obviously been a big part of this Hornets team success this year, just kind of filling in all those gaps, scoring, rebounding, things like that. But yeah, I thought that was a really you know interesting quote by Kelly. I don't think he's implying anything that you know guys are getting on each other or you know, fighting or anything like that by by any circumstance. I don't think that's what he's saying. I think it's, you know, I think at some point, and again, a lot of it comes back to you just have to play better, but you start looking at things and you start looking at the situation. I mean, they're almost already done. They're almost already halfway done with all their road games of the year. And they've got three more or two more in the Western Conference or I guess further west i guess so i think a lot of that is you know the schedule's kind of adding up a little bit they've had both their west coast trips are almost done now it's i think it's these are kind of the times of year that maybe you would normally feel in like those dog days of february early march i think the hornets are kind of going through just a little kind of spell right now maybe just kind of some you know frustrations on the court and just not being able to kind of generate the kind of starts in games they really want to so i think it's a bunch of different things right now but like kelly said i think you can kind of control what you can control right now and that's staying positive staying together and kind of battling through and weathering through this adversity right now and try and get to the other side, get some wins, and then uh, look forward to getting all those home games in the second half of the year. Hornets will regroup for another game as they fall to 16-16 at on the season and a 137-106 loss against the Phoenix Suns, but they don't have to wait very long because it is a game day here on the Hornets Hivecast for the Charlotte Hornets, of course, and we will preview the matchup tonight right here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today.
no excuses there. It's, it's a grueling schedule, but no excuses there. We, we got to play better. You know, the schedule's going to clean up for us. It's going to come back to us as we go. We're going to get, you know, fresh legs as we go. And the home uh, crowd's going to help us as well. But we got to get through it. It's a tough stretch. We knew that. We knew this was going to be a tough stretch. If we we got to get home healthy, playing better basketball, and uh, pick ourselves up. But the whole the whole challenge right now is just staying together, staying the course, not pulling at each other. You know, pulling together more than anything right now, and keeping a positive mindset. That's the biggest challenge right now. The Hornets continue their six-game road swing tonight with a stop in Salt Lake City to take on the Utah Jazz. Rob Longo and Sam Perley with you here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. And almost done with this road trip, Sam. Finally, finally almost done with this road trip, but it is another night of a back-to-back. The Hornets have had six instances where they've gone on back-to-backs this season, and they are almost halfway home in that aspect. They have 15 total back-to-backs this year, so this will be the seventh one. Charlotte 0-6, though, in the second night of back-to-backs backs this season. Also, not good news playing in Utah as well. The Hornets have not beaten the Jazz since the 2017-2018 season, and they haven't won in Utah since 2006. So, like I said to Sam Farber after the broadcast last night, with all of that said, with the law of averages taken into account, the Hornets are a lock to win tonight, right? Yes, I love the odds tonight. You can bounce right back after a tough loss in Phoenix. you got a great opportunity tonight. Test yourself against a very good Jazz team that I think was number one seed in the West last year going into the playoffs. And, you know, we spoke about the losing streak in Portland, how it's been whatever number of years. you got a little longer one in Utah. And hopefully, hey, another chance to crack one of these pesky losing streaks in one of these Western Conference cities, which you only see once a year. But, yeah, this Jazz team is playing really well. It's it's obviously the back-to-back is about as challenging as it can get facing a Suns team and then turn around the next night going to Salt Lake City, which is over 4,000 feet elevation. So the altitude is a big factor there and only having one day to acclimate can make things tough. But, you know, hopefully you can kind of get the bad taste out of your mouth from last night in that Suns game and in the Portland game as well. I know they weren't too pleased with that and uh, take on a really tough Jazz team that is, you know, again, looking to be a factor in the Western Conference this year. I guess 4,000 feet above sea level is good practice for when the Hornets play the Denver Nuggets later on in this road trip that is 5,280 feet above sea level. But at any rate, James Borrego kind of echoed those sentiments of his tough second night of a back-to-back and how there's not much time to get ready for it after last night's game. We'll have to move on quickly on this one. I mean, we're playing a very good team in Utah as well. You know, they're, they're going to be right here with Phoenix battling all year for the West. So another great challenge for our group. It's a, it's a chance to respond, and that's what tomorrow night's about. So with that said, Sam, let's go ahead and get right into our preview. We've got stats to look at. We've got players to look at for both sides. I will, of course, as the guest of honor, I will allow you to pick first. Would you rather go player to watch, stat to watch? What do you want to go start with? Ooh. There's a lot. See, I love this because we're just we're going right into the next game. We're diving straight into it. We're wiping that Suns game away completely. I will go into the offense tonight. I think there's going to be a lot of offense. Utah and Charlotte are number one and two in the NBA in offensive rating. I mean, Utah is at 117.8 offensive rating. That's points per 100 possessions. Charlotte is about 113-ish, a little less than 113. Again, this was first and second going into the Phoenix game, so it might have changed a little bit, but Utah's offense is just firing right now. I mean, they're really, really efficient. They don't play super fast. They don't pass the ball a whole lot. They're fourth fewest passes in the league right now, but they're very, very methodical. They get to their spots, you know, playing Gobert down in the post, Ingles, Bogdanovich out on the wings, Royce O'Neal, Donna Mitchell. I mean, they're really, really well-constructed offense. So it's going to be a 
challenge for the Hornets' defense. But if you like points, I think tonight's going to be one to tune in for because you could see a lot of scoring from both sides. So with that said, I will go with my stat to watch. I'm going to go with the rebounding because the margin is already pretty big enough as it is the disparity, at least between these two teams. And that's kind of obvious. I mean, when you have a world-class center like Rudy Gobert, who is you know about as tall as a giraffe and can snag every rebound within about 10 feet of them, those are going to be really good rebounding statistics for you. So again, Utah is fifth coming into tonight in rebounding. The Hornets are 26. That's a pretty wide spread. But the interesting thing about that is the points in the paint, the Hornets, in fact, have more points in the paint on average than Utah because a lot of those times when those rebounds come down on second chance or anything like that, Rudy Gobert is kicking it out. The Jazz really love to shoot the three ball. It's more of a, not even a drive kick swing. It's more of a collect rebound, kick it, and just swing it around the horn until you find an open three. So with that said, I'm going to go with rebounding as my statistic to watch in tonight's game. I'm not saying that the Hornets have to win the rebounding battle. I just say that they have to keep it close and limit those second and third chance opportunities that a guy like Rudy Gobert can provide for a team like the Utah Jazz. All right, players to watch. Do you want to start with someone on the Hornets or do you want to start with somebody on the Jazz? I'm going to start with somebody on the, I'll go with the Hornets, hometown. I'd like to see Terry Rozier tonight. I think he's had a couple tough outings. I think maybe it's kind of getting him back to rhythm. He looked really good in the, I want to say it was the Dallas game the other night and then kind of you know, 13 against the Spurs and then had a couple rough outings in the Portland and the uh, the Suns game last night. Maybe it's just kind of still finding his rhythm a little bit after being in health and safety protocols for the previous week or so. So I think I'd really like to see him kind of bounce back tonight. If he can get a couple of those early shots to knock down, I think, you know, he was I think one of the ones that just couldn't get a few of those good looks to drop in that first quarter in the Phoenix game that kind of got the team off to a little bit of a rough start. Um, I think if you can kind of get him going a little bit, it'll start really opening things up for that backcourt. And then, again, the Hornets' offense can hopefully start moving with this really, really good Jazz offense. So Terry's year is going to be my guy to watch. I like a nice bounce-back performance tonight against the Jazz. I was thinking Terry Rozier myself, but again, we will apply the Rob rules here, and I will go with somebody else. I'll go with Gordon Hayward. He finished with nine points last night, 4-13 from the floor. Again, he is one of the leading minutes getters right now for the Hornets, and that simply was just not really supposed to be the plan coming into this season. James Brago talked about it before the season even started, where they were going to try to build some rest days into the schedule for Gordon, and it just simply hasn't worked out that way due to health and safety protocols, injuries, Gordon just flat out playing really, really good basketball the last couple of weeks as well. Again, he only had nine points last night, 4-13 from the floor shooting. A little bit of a homecoming, a little bit in a sense, after spending so many years in Utah. So I am going to look for Gordon Hayward to have a big game against his former team tonight in the Beehive State. All right, one more little tidbit that we got to get to, one more segment here. With that said, we already covered stats. We already covered a player to watch for the Hornets. Who do we need to watch out for for the Utah Jazz? Oh, I mean, they got a lot of talented guys. I think we ran off a few of them, but I think it kind of starts with, you know, their main guy right now at the top of the the point right now is, I guess he's not technically the point guard, but he's one of their lead ball handers, Donovan Mitchell. 25 points per game right now, over five assists. Really, really long defensive player. I mean, he's so good defensively. And then he gets a nickname, you know, we know him as Spider, but the reason he's got that, he's got such long arms, he's good at taking balls away from you. He's averaging one and a half steals, or over one and a half steals, excuse me. I mean, he's just been kind of quietly, you know, that's the thing about the Jazz is they don't really you know, they're not the flashiest of teams. They're not, you know, making tons of highlights and things like that. They kind of just go out there and play really, really 
high-level, efficient offensive basketball, and they do it. And when you score so much, I mean, it allows them to set up their defense, and they just, I mean, they're just a really, really good basketball team. I don't know other any other way to put it. Really kind of starts with Mitchell right now. He's shooting a career-high 46% from the field, so obviously he's feeling really good right now, and he's going to be a guy that Hornets really got to watch out for on both ends of the floor tonight. Utah has, in fact, lost its last two games and has a day of rest over the Hornets. They last played on Saturday, a 109-103 loss against the Washington Wizards, a team that the Hornets have defeated twice already this season. Of course, divisional opponent in the Wizards, but Utah put up 33 points in that first quarter, and other than that, the Wizards really took over, won every quarter from then on moving forward, but again, Donovan Mitchell in that game, this is why I bring it up, 12 of 25 from the floor, did not shoot the three ball very well just four as well, but he finishes with 32 points in that loss. My player to watch, I am going to go a little bit off the beaten path, and I'm going to go with Joe Ingles. He's their three-point specialist. He only had nine points in Saturday's loss. Played a lot, played 29 minutes, but he was just three of seven from beyond the arc. Do not let him get hot. That is going to be my biggest concern. We know how the three-point defense has been for the Hornets this season. The Jazz obviously really like to kick it from beyond the arc and chuck up as many threes as possible. They shot 44 of them on Saturday and only hit 14 of them. So, you know, if a guy like Ingles can get hot beyond the arc, it's going to be a long night for the Hornets. So I am going to key on Joe Ingles in tonight's game. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Again, a 9 o'clock tip here on the Hornets Radio Network. You can listen to Sam Farber provide you with all the action. I'll keep you company during halftime and part of postgame as well. But Sam Perley of Hornets.com, thank you so much once again for hopping on today's edition of the HHC and getting us set for this matchup against the Hornets and the Utah Jazz. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to it tonight. And thanks to all of you for joining us as well. Of course, like I mentioned, tonight, a 9 o'clock tip out in Utah. You can catch all the action on the Hornets radio network. For Sam Perley, I'm Rob Longo saying so long, and thank you once again for listening to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, and we'll see you here tomorrow once again on EHHC. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.